Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it.、Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought. Here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all. So don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa! Fantasy roundtable. Fantasy, fantasy roundtable. Yeah. Fantasy roundtable. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy roundtable. Fantasy, fantasy roundtable. Fantasy roundtable. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? We have completed Week Seven of the NFL and your fantasy football seasons with the game wrapping up last night between the Bears and the Rams. Not an overall great game, but at this point, I think we're we're about to get to the point where we're going to want football all the time again. So I'm going to take it for what it was, and it was fun to be able to watch football last night. Matt, how you doing on this wonderful Tuesday? Well,、uh, still pretty cold here.、Uh, we're up at 34 degrees right now, which、uh, doesn't sound great, but is、uh, about 30 degrees warmer than it was at this time yesterday.、Um, yeah. But yeah, I started my day with a migraine、uh, early in the morning, so been slow to bounce back. A little groggy, but、uh, it could also just be the deflation of.、Uh, Watching that Bears Rams game, which I told my friend was about the football equivalent of Ambien. Yeah,、uh, you know, I'm I'm playing a little hurt today too. Don't know why. Maybe it's just the, all the sitting around that I've been doing today, which I usually don't get to do. My like my calf on my left side is like seized up on me and making it very difficult to walk. And I'm not enjoying this. Not enjoying this at all. But. I enjoyed, for the most part, the game last night just because it did help me get a huge win, which I needed by a whopping three points. So I'm excited about that. I needed that win to move to three and four, and and hopefully work my way into the fantasy playoffs、uh, in a league that I missed the playoffs for the first time last year in like six years that I've been in it. Gotten three championships out of these past、uh-huh. six years, so I needed it. I needed I, it big time. It helped me、uh, not. Because of how well people did, but because it was not a great game, so I looked at one of my fourteen-team leagues. Yeah, guy I'm playing has the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack, yeah, which he was probably feeling good about. But I have Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, so I vaulted over him on Sunday night, and he just needed ten points from Darrell Henderson, and I thought that would probably happen, but yeah,、uh, he got nine point seven, and I looked this morning, I was like a point two victory. Yeah, that happened to. Damn, I just looked. I forgot to look at my Scott Fishbowl team. I lost by yeah, eight I, points. I, I lost by a couple too because of Carson. Yeah,、um, I forgot、uh, my my one that I hated the most. I was going to. It's the league that I traded for Michael Thomas, and of course, 
as we talked about, and I had to play Nelson Aguilar. It's a very heavy IDP league, and I was up by 10 points, and I don't know who he had, but he he ended up beating him by literally 0.7 points. So I'm not really happy about that this morning or to see that, but because that drops me now to one in six in that league. I've I've literally played almost the highest. I'm third in points, and I am one in six in that league. 16 team league as well. It's very, very frustrating with also losing Saquon Barkley as well. You know what's amazing? Even though I feel like it's been an up and down season, all my teams are like right around 500. It feels like when I was inventorying things today, I think I only have one team out of 38 that only has one win. Oh, good for you, I guess. I think I've got one, which may be our, uh, that one, and then I'm pretty sure I'm still winless in our redraft league because I don't pay attention to it at all, which I probably shouldn't admit on here, but I just don't. Uh, so anyways, the game last night, Bears and Rams. Uh, you know, again, it was it was a football game, so we can, we can clar- clarify it by that. Rams went 24-2-10 on the Bears' side here. Foles, six points. Montgomery, 11. Robinson, 11. Darnell Mooney, seven. And Jimmy Graham, eight. Uh, the Bears' offense obviously did not look good last night. Some of that I think you can attribute to a good Rams defense, but overall, what are you doing uh, with this Bears' offense? We saw Matt Nagy come out today and say that Foles is still going to be the starter moving forward. Yeah. And that's the tough thing. I think if you were watching Twitter last night, there was a lot of people asking, you know, is Mitch going to get a chance to come spark this team? Because he had actually started the season pretty well. You know, we have to remember the the Bears were undefeated at the time that he got the hook. But when that happened, you know, Nagy said, I'm going to decide whether it's going to be Foles or Trubisky, and we're not going to keep going back and forth. So I think to his credit, he doesn't want to just, spend the rest of the season alternating quarterbacks. You know, you made a decision. You're going to stick with it for good or for bad. They're still only five and two. They went into that last night's game. I think they said with the best record in the NFC, if the playoffs would have started yesterday prior to that game, they would have been the one seed, but you know, and the Rams, you know, so both teams now are five and two for a matchup that was between two pretty decent teams. It would be NFC playoff teams. It wasn't that fun to watch. And the bears have been a little bit of a slog to watch all season. I don't even think they've been as fun as they were a couple of years ago when they, you know, they went on that run. They have a good defense. They are occasionally getting the ball to Allen Robinson for some explosive plays, but you know, some of the decision-making, you know, I, it's not maybe totally on Foles. I think there was an interesting comment made by Brian Greasy uh, during the broadcast. He said that, you know, in talking to Foles, Foles said sometimes a play gets called in and he knows it's not going to work when he hears it and before he calls it in the huddle. Well, that that seems like a bad sign. We've seen yeah. Foles kind of come over and argue with the coach a little. Argue is maybe not the right word, but have discussions. So, it seems like not everyone's on the same page. Is it a result of changing teams, not in the off season, but for fantasy Montgomery seems like he should be getting work. So you're still rolling them out, but it's been hit or miss. And Robinson now, I think he went into concussion protocol he late did. in that game. So that's an even bigger bummer. If he misses, I really don't want any of the wide receivers because I don't yeah. have enough faith that they're getting the ball and getting enough, you know, to Mooney or to, Anthony Miller. In fact, one of the uh, one of the interceptions that got made yesterday was because he was trying to force the ball to Mooney. Yeah, 
Yeah, Robinson went in. It was on the last drive of the game for the Bears. He, uh, I think it was a fourth down play, actually. He hit him on a quick, almost like curl route, and the defender came in from behind. Robinson hit him, kind of drove his head into the ground. Now, I was kind of watching slash not watching at that point because my game had pretty much been secured fantasy-wise, and I was doing some other stuff. Uh, what I it did not look like Robinson was like woozy or struggled to get up, but the some of the commentators and everything said that he was, and it was the refs who actually pulled him out. It was not Robinson. The refs told him to get off the field. They actually stopped play, told him to get off. He looked pissed off about it. Took his helmet off, uh, knelt down on the sideline. Was looked like he was arguing, and then that was kind of the last we saw of him. And then we found out that he did get entered into concussion protocol. Uh, and I'm with you. I mean, if Robinson is out, I think Jimmy Graham, obviously he's not a wide receiver, but tight yeah. end wise, you can probably trust him going forward. But you were probably playing Jimmy Graham anyway. He's been yeah. a good season and he's been a goal line, but that that's probably what made that interception even more frustrating. Graham's been pretty good at the goal line. Alan Robinson's a big wide receiver at the goal yeah. line. David Montgomery's there running it and they tried to force the ball to a short receiver. Well, I think part of that was, you know, we talked about it yesterday, Jalen Ramsey being, he was on A-Rob a lot. It seemed like they were going to A-Rob when they would move Jalen Ramsey onto Jimmy Graham. And once they moved him onto Graham in a couple drives, they started going to Robinson, then they moved Ramsey back. So I don't know how much of it was due to that. I mean, we all know Ramsey's a really good uh, uh, cornerback. Obviously, he had the big interception yesterday as well. Uh, Montgomery, he's just frustrating, man. Like he's getting the work and, and he's a guy that you drafted as your RB two and he's putting up like low end, like the last place RB two numbers every single week. He, he's more of an RB three. I think moving forward, I just, I don't, it's one of those things where you probably don't have anybody better than him at this point to put over him in that RB two spot, but it kind of sucks that you have to trust on him or trust him to play. Well, he seems like he's running. Okay. When they give him the ball, they're just, you know, we've gone through this a lot. That's probably one of my biggest criticisms, uh, you know, of this Matt Nagy experience it has been, you know, we've even heard him even last year talk about, I need to run the ball more. I'm going to do that. And then it doesn't happen. I think Montgomery only had like 14 carries last night. And it's not like the game was a huge blowout. And for a lot of these running backs, they have to have some carries to get going. And then we see stupid things like on a crucial fourth and one, you're going to decide to run and give the ball to Cordero Patterson. Get out of here with that. Yeah. You know, uh, these are, it's like you're out thinking yourself. Yeah, well, and that's kind of one of the complaints we've had about him since last year as well, is that that first year, that offense seemed to just be humming. Everything was working. And then last year, I don't know what was going on. Too much moving parts, too much stuff going on. This seems to continue to this year. Again, I mean, if you've got Montgomery, you likely have to start him. The chances of you having multiple backs better than him, uh, you know, obviously Dynasty you might, but most redraft leagues you probably don't. You drafted him to be your RB2, yeah. and unfortunately he's not going to put in those high-end RB2 numbers. You're just going to have to roll with him. And he's untradeable. I, I tried yeah. to make what I thought was a fairly – I'm in a super flex league. I offered him and a, and a second, which would be probably 201 based on my record, to try yeah. to get Tua. So it wasn't even close. Yeah. On uh, the Rams side here, uh, Goff, uh, 16, I'm sorry, eight, yeah, 16 points. Henderson, 9, Brown, 11, Woods, 5, Cooper Cup, 11, Josh Reynolds, 15, and Gerald Everett, 12. The Rams win this one. They continue to spread the ball around here. Uh, are there any real safe bets in fantasy for you? I mean, Goff's been a pretty solid quarterback, too. 
um, because whoever's distributing the ball is going to, you know, you know they're distributing it to somebody. But last night was prime, probably example. Henderson looked like he was probably the better back, but Brown got the goal line carry. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are in there, but Josh uh, Reynolds got the touchdown pass. Um, you know, Gerald Everett had a decent game probably because Higby was out, but then Johnny Munt was also getting things, which tells you they will, they intend to use two tight ends, regardless of whether Higby's available to them or not. They use four or five receivers. It's been great for them. They've been a solid team. They, as a team anyway, but we talked about it for fantasy. It's been real rough. You don't have that bankable um, thing. And people have even commented the offense doesn't look quite as ferocious and dynamic. They're doing what they need to do to win. They're using all the pieces at their disposal. But even, you know, we've talked about before, Robert Woods being incredibly underrated, borderline wide receiver one. They're both low end twos. Cup may end up being a wide receiver three because Cup's another one. You know, you would think going to go for 100 balls a year, easy. He and Edelman are probably two of the biggest, strangest fall-offs this year. They haven't been injured. They should, you know, fundamentally they should be the same receiver, but in their offenses, they're just not getting the targets and the receptions that you need. Yeah, uh, I heard on SiriusXM this morning that what Sean McVay has kind of said or that the Rams front office has intimated is that they don't they know what Jared Goff is and they know what he isn't. And they don't want to put too much on his shoulders. They just kind of want to give him the plays that will help him succeed. He's very good at reading plays quickly, but not someone that can necessarily sling the ball all over the place. That's why you see him do kind of those rollouts. Uh, he, they do a lot of the plays to get the ball out of his hand quickly. I, I think this is the Rams offense that it's going to be moving forward. I don't think it's going to be the Rams offense we saw two years ago where they were throwing the ball all over the place. We had like four or five options on this team that were fantasy startable every single week. I think this is the new Rams offense to expect moving forward. And that's going to be horrible for us fantasy-wise when it comes to the running backs, wide receivers, and now even the tight ends because we don't know what's going on with Higby. You got Gerald Everett out there. I mean, they had a – what's his name? Uh, Johnny Munt. Yeah, Johnny Munt out there yesterday too doing stuff. So it's going to be a a cluster for us fantasy-wise on this team. And it's, you know, we've seen Gerald Everett get rushing touchdowns. Yesterday, Robert Woods got carries. The only one who doesn't seem to have any role whatsoever is Cam Akers, which is even more fascinating. Well, and I think that goes back to something I I talked about last or two weeks ago, I think it was now, was that I think he's Darrell Henderson of last year. He just, for whatever reason, he's got the injury, especially with no offseason. We've talked about how, it yeah. seems like players who talk about this Rams offense and everything under Sean McVay is very complicated. I just think he doesn't fully understand the offense, and that's kind of what we saw out of Henderson last year, right? I mean, we yeah. saw Henderson have a couple games where he struggled, had that one good game. Akers has had a couple good runs, but then his struggle, they were like, oh, Henderson must not be the guy we all thought he was. Well, then he comes out this year, and he looks great. So I think Akers is a guy, actually, you can probably buy low on dynasty-wise and will be a guy who's going to be really good next year. But this year, I I don't think he's a guy you can trust. Do you think maybe in 2021 we're going to see Henderson and Akers doing what Henderson and Brown are doing right now? Yes, and what I will say is I think it will become more of a – 
Akers in the Henderson role, Henderson to the Brown role, because I do think Akers is more talented than Henderson, and I, I don't think Brown will be there. Uh, but yeah, this year I think it is. It's going to be mostly Henderson Brown. I just I don't. Maybe later in the year Akers starts to force his way in there, but I think it's just it, it's a lot for not even just him as a rookie running back. These rookies in general, like I think that's why we're all kind of so astonished with how good Herbert's looks because really no practice time, no preseason. And some of these rookies have gone out there. T Higgins, another one. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Who's another rookie rookie that's Ayuk. playing really well. Ayuk. Yeah. Ayuk, Ayuk's been phenomenal. Like it's, we haven't seen as many rookies this year as we have in the past years where, I mean, Jerry Judy's had a couple moments here and there, but he hasn't been overall impressive. You know, we haven't, well, Rager's been hurt, so we can't, we can't throw Rager up there, but I was trying to think like Dobbins, we haven't seen almost anything, even when Mark Ingram has gone down, it's been the Gus Edwards show. So. Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, it seemed like we've talked about before running back is an easier position to pick up with no yeah. off season and to thrive. And we haven't even, among a talented rookie, a, a talented group of top end rookies, we haven't really seen them have that kind of success this year. Yep. But receiver down the line has been pretty, you know, I think what holds Judy back is probably the offense in offense. general. I mean, Vic Fangio came out yesterday <laughs> in this press conference and said, we have a passing game problem. All 11 people are going to be needed to fix it. We, our passing game is not good. When your coach says that, that kind of suppresses, you know, yeah. what's going on there. And Ruggs has been kind of what we expected with some injuries. Probably the most disappointing one is if Edwards could get on the field, be curious yeah. to see what he could do. And Rager, you know, a couple guys that have been injured because otherwise when rookie receivers, even Mims comes off of injured reserve in a pretty terrible Jets offense, four for 42 in your first game against Buffalo, not too bad. Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, I'll say with especially with the running backs too. I mean, you go back at probably the best two this year have been Taylor Swift, and and really neither one has been overly Taylor impressive. and Swift, not Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, Taylor Swift is amazing too. I guess depending on who you ask. But yes, Taylor probably not Swift. running the ball. No, no, I'd imagine she's not a great running back. Um, but even Taylor has struggled. You know, we've talked about he's he struggled as good of a runner as he was in college with his vision and everything. He struggled to kind of get that confidence and and really run where he's supposed to. As a lot of people have pointed out when they post their film stuff, I think Nick has done one as well on Jonathan Taylor where he's shown like this is the hole he was supposed to hit, but he went here. And that's some of just not understanding the offense and not having that chemistry with that offensive line. I think that's what's hurt them, as we talked about, though. No preseason. Taylor, in Taylor's defense, too, I think, of the fact that, for His whatever offense. reason, Frank Frank Reich was trying to mix in 80 other running backs as well instead of letting Taylor get those reps with him being by far the best running back on that team. You know, Swift, I think the reason he's looked so good the past couple of weeks is he started to get more and more work, and they started him out in that receiving game role where he was he thrived in college as well. So it's just it's well, been an interesting year. Splitting reps for Taylor would have made more sense if they still had Marlon Mack. I mean, you could make a case for them splitting reps. It makes less sense when you're doing the equal split with uh, Jordan Wilkins. Yeah, and Naheem Hines, who, look, don't get me wrong, I like Hines. He's not a running back, though. He's a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield and is extremely dynamic. But when you're watching him run and like just getting demolished at the line of scrimmage, he's not breaking tackles. Jonathan Taylor can break those tackles. That makes no sense to me. Like Wilkins, if you want to argue because he's a traditional running back, fine, whatever. Still think I'm with you. You don't need to do it. But Hines, 
if you want to pull Taylor off the field and let Hines get catches, I'm all for that. Even though I think Taylor can get uh, is is a good pass catcher, Hines thrives in that role. Hines is not a guy you want running in between the tackles. He's just not that good. All right. Uh, so some news we kind of forgot to talk about yesterday. We wanted to make sure we touched on it was uh, Ryquel Armstead. So he is out for the rest of the year with COVID. We, we had talked about him a little bit on Friday. Uh, you know, Matt had brought up, we hadn't heard much about what was going on with him outside of him being put back on the COVID list. We did find out that he has been struggling uh, with complications due to COVID, struggling breathing and everything. He's been in the hospital twice since contracting it. So I think you know, that right there alone shows that we still need to take this virus very seriously, regardless of everybody being out there playing football and everything. It's still a very serious thing. Now, the good news to come out of that is he has come out and said, and the Jaguars have come out and said that he should be good and healthy and will be ready to go next season, but that he is not going to come back this year. So for me, uh, just on that, you know, obviously my prayers go out to him and his family. Hope he continues to get healthy. Obviously, I can't can't even imagine how terrifying that has to be uh, going through that, especially with going knowing you're having breathing issues and then mo- ending up in the hospital multiple times has got to be terrifying. Yeah, and I, you know, it's just a a reminder. You know, it's been a season where we've we've had to pivot, and people have you know been frustrated at times about the virus and some of the protocols and the game shifts, but they're doing it because they're trying to save these guys' lives. And we've had a few guys that go on that kind of come off fairly quickly and don't really seem to have much going on. But here in Denver, we had um, Von Miller, uh, who didn't, you know, he obviously has missed the season because of a different injury. But in the offseason, he got it, and he talked about how much it took out of him and and kind of trying to work his way back and that he really took a a little bit of time and paused – to think about whether he wanted to even commit to coming to play this season, that there was some real concern for some of those guys about what is it going to be like? Um, You know, a lot of people bounce back from it, but not everyone we've seen uh, the numbers in our country and that's real. And I I think it's, it's a good reminder, um, you know, what happened with Armstead about how serious this is and how important it is to remember that health and safety come first, um, you know, and how, you you can't be thinking about frustrations for fantasy football when these guys are trying to make sure that they have a quality of life. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I actually did not see this news. It, it kind of, you broke it for me by putting this on here. So go ahead and give us the breakdown on, on what exactly happened with Chris Godwin. Yeah. Unfortunately I broke it because uh, he's on my team <laughs> on uh, several of my teams. Uh, apparently Chris Godwin broke a finger uh, in the game on Sunday and is having surgery for it and is unlikely to play this week. So that's going to be kind of interesting. You know, he has had, he had a soft tissue injury and then a concussion and now uh, the kind of broken finger, three different things, but have caused him to miss time um, for everyone who hit the panic train and dropped Mike Evans this week. Um, that might be good news for him because remember Antonio Brown, not eligible to play in week eight. So Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Mike Evans figure to be kind of the the receiver group there. Then it could be very interesting. Um, It seems like it's too early in the process to know if Godwin's going to miss more than one week, but potentially then you have week nine coming back. Uh, That would be the first week Brown's eligible to mix in and Godwin. But we've talked about kind of there's not always going to be enough to support all these receivers. so it's a little bit 
tough, but if you have Godwin, you need to make alternate plans. At least we know pretty early in the week, we know before waivers run. So you can go in there and, and make claims accordingly. I would think on Tampa Bay, um, it's probably a boost for Evans, Miller, and Gronkowski this week. Yeah. All right. So waiver wire stuff. That's a... Uh... That's about it. We have a nice, easy show for you guys today. Yep. Uh, waivers. So QBs, the top guys that I saw. And again, if, if you've got anybody you can think of, throw them on here. Uh, but Tua at 29%, Locke at 9%, and then, of course, Baker at 33 with the big game last week. Anybody else you can think of off the top of your head? or No, I, you know, and even with that list, so. Yeah, <laughs> if you're in if you're in superflex, you're probably all quarterbacks all are or, or, are or rostered. Yeah, you know? rostered. Uh, if you're in single QB and you're looking to patch a hole, or you're you're not feeling good about the performances you've gotten, um, we talked about yesterday. I I like potentially Baker. He looked like he was a little freer out there slinging it. Um, you know, it's going to be a new world. I actually am more confident trying to pick him up and put him out there than I've been in a few weeks, which is weird to say when you think about a team that lost a premier wide receiver, I'm going to be honest outside of Superflex or dynasty. I'm not taking lock. I'm not taking Tua. Tua, We've seen him throw a grand total of two passes. I need to see something out of him before I know. I, Cause you know, we're talking redraft leagues here. We need to see something to know for sure that that's even going to be a value this season. And I need to see, you know, Drew Locke look better against the Chargers because he he wasn't great against the Patriots. The Broncos yeah. won that game, but it was not a great performance. Uh, not a good completion percentage, not a lot of yards and interceptions. He has not thrown a touchdown pass in the two games he's been back, but he has thrown four interceptions. He did run for one uh, against the Chiefs, but... That offense, you know, as I said, I live here, so I I saw Fangio's press conference where he said we have a passing game problem. We yeah. sure do, and that's not something you want to take a chance on in fantasy. I have to start him in a couple super flex leagues where I lost Dak. Not that thrilled. Last week, I was actually looking about putting – if Michael Thomas would have played, I would have played him in the OP instead of uh, Locke. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're in something where – if you're in a redraft league where who else is on bye this week? I know the Jaguars are. The Cardinals, so it's going to be brutal. Murray's on a bye. Uh, the Jaguars are on a bye. Um, let me go look. There was a couple of actually – oh, the Texans, so Deshaun Watson is gotcha. on a bye, and there's one other team. So, I mean, you're, you're missing multiple, well, at least two right now until Matt can possibly find the last one. You're missing Watson and Murray. If you have to, if you're someone who rosters one QB, like I've talked about, I do most of the time. This year, I've been rostering two because of COVID. Uh, but for most years, I roster one uh, QB. Washington is the other team, so well, you probably weren't playing Kyle yeah. Allen. Let's so, if, if, you're, if you're in a league where you were rostering one and your guy was Murray or Watson, if you're having to or go Minshew. to the waiver wire. Yeah, well, yeah, Minshew, yeah. Um, People could have been Minshewing it up. I think for me, I'm probably going Baker out of that group. I think that game between them and the Raiders has a better chance of being good. Like, I really don't love Tua going up against the Rams as his first game. I, I, I don't love that at all. I think Tua... Has a chance to be a really good quarterback, but that that scares me a little bit going up against the Rams. And 
while the Raiders have a good defense, I think them being in Cleveland, that kind of West Coast to East Coast swing there, I think does help them a little bit. Baker looked a lot better there at the end of that last game. So he would be the guy that I would probably go for on the waiver wire if you have a Murray, Minshew, Watson, and you don't have a backup quarterback on your roster. Well, on the Raiders, you can throw against them. I mean, we've seen quite a few quarterbacks, so I, I don't think that would necessarily scare me that much. Running backs, we've got a couple interesting names on here. One we uh, we talked about the other day, obviously, with the Mark Ingram injury and him likely not being able to play this week against a good Steelers defense, by the way, as well. So not that uh, not that they're getting a great matchup here, but uh, Edwards, who's rostered at 11%, uh, LaMichael Pirine, 17%, Tevin Coleman, 27 and Jamichael Hasty 22 Those were kind of the names that stood out to me. What are your thoughts on those guys? I, I think... P. Ryan, it's probably because I think he's going to have value long term. Yeah. So then, then you start looking. I mean, Tevin Coleman would have value long term, but if you have to have somebody play this week, it's it looks like it's still a little bit up in the air whether his whether he's going to come off this week. Yeah. Um, so Hasty would probably be a bet for this week. I actually liked potentially Edwards for this week because it seems like Ingram's trending toward missing. And even though we both like Dobbins, uh, that hasn't really translated to a strong feeling that he would be the lead back. And we actually saw Edwards once Ingram was removed actually looked like a pretty strong play. Yeah. But they're playing Pittsburgh. So yeah, Yeah, it's not going to be like, probably 30 points for anybody, but I think if you're looking at this list, the best guys to to have the op the, to get you into that 10 to 15 point range, I'd probably do Pirine because I feel like that's longer term. And we saw Kansas city didn't have a especially great rush defense, unless you're Melvin Gordon throwing the ball over your quarterback's head. And then Edwards hasty. I'm, I'm a little more leery of Coleman unless you see that he's seriously going to get activated. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I just added Dobbins on there because I decided to look, he's only 55%. So he might be available too, but I'm, I'm with you. Once Ingram came out, they went heavily on Edwards. Now, the one thing that could help Dobbins is they are coming out of their bye week. So maybe they work to get him a little bit more involved, but we won't know that until we see the game. And again, they just held Derrick Henry to, I believe, less than 60 rushing yards. So I'm not thrilled about this matchup for Edwards or Dobbins, whoever gets the start. I feel like what you're saying is this is going to be the Justice Hill coming out party. It might be. I mean, see, the one thing I would say is, like, I agree with you on on, on P. Ryan. You know, I talked about it yesterday. I thought he was kind of a guy that I've been talking about for the past couple weeks. You need to grab him now because there's going to get to a point where he's not going to be available anymore. And while the Chiefs' defense isn't that great against a run, I also could see this being like 35 to three at the end of the half to, at, at halftime uh, with the, how bad their defense is. And so that might just knock P. Ryan out of the game in general because they're just trying to throw the ball to keep up. So I, this is also a week where I think I'm flexing Le'Veon Bell because I I think they're going to give him a shot oh, yeah. against um, Adam so. Gase. And uh, Jets' defense, not incredibly imposing. Yeah. Bell's first carry uh, last week against what I think is a better Denver front was 18 yards. You know, He had 39 yards on six carries. He looked like he could have been better than that. I would not be surprised 
to see him score. This oh yeah, week. I, I think Bell's going to have a revenge game this week, no doubt yeah. about it. Because I think I think that's exactly what he wants, and I think Andy Reid's going to be like, you know what, we can do that for you. So <laughs> he's going to be like, you know what, it's the Jets, Clyde. We're going to give yeah. you a little bit of a. We're going to give you a week off. Week. Yeah, yeah, I'm, but I'm with you in the order as well. I think P. Run has the the most value moving forward. If you grab him this week and you have to play him, don't expect much because I, I really think this could get, the game could get out of hand quickly. Now, it is the NFL, and it feels like every time we talk about a game getting out of hand, it all of a sudden it ends up being like a 17-10 game, and the Chiefs are fighting with the Jets. So crazier things have happened, but I think this is likely going to be a big game for the Chiefs here. Um, then it would be Edwards. Uh, I actually would probably put Dobbins right behind Edwards. I kind of have a sneaky feeling with it coming off the bye. They might try and get Dobbins more involved. We kind of saw that with Swift in Detroit. Maybe Baltimore tries to do the same thing here because we've seen, you know, we've talked about it on the recap shows. Whenever all three were involved, Dobbins was always putting up the better numbers with the same amount of carries, but they just kept splitting it up. Maybe this was kind of the the bye week, integrate him more into the offense. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, but again, Steelers, they're good. Uh, I actually don't think Baltimore wins this matchup either. I've already, I already think the Steelers are going to win it. So not a great game for him this week, but he's a guy, if he's on your waiver, I would try and grab. And then it would be Hasty Coleman as well for me. Wide receivers, this one's a little bit more interesting. Got a got a couple names on here. A lot of them not widely owned here. Uh, in order of the lowest percentage, so Aguilar, who we talked about yesterday, 6% rostered. Ward, 7%. Uh, Sterling Shepard, 29%. So I'm guessing a lot of people dropped him after the injury. Then you got Brandon Ayuk. I'm sorry, Cole Beasley at 41. Brandon Ayuk at 50. And then I threw him in there because he officially signed today. Antonio Brown. Everybody went to the wave wires last week, pretty much. Uh, 79% rostered. And you know what's intriguing is he would be of that group, my lowest priority. I mean, I'm with you on that, but we saw. We saw Friday when we talked about this. A lot of people in here disagreeing with us on his fantasy impact. So I, I threw him on there so that people know that we we are still talking about him. Um, I think for me, this is both for this week and I think season. I would take Ayuk first. Um, he looks, you know, coming off six for one fifteen. Samuel now going to miss. He looks like he's kind of establishing himself, getting a good rapport. Yeah. Um, I like his chances then. <clears throat> uh, Shepard, who was actually pretty decent the first week and then really good coming back. We have not seen that connection with Slayton. Shepard picks right back up. The offense looked better. He looked yeah. pretty good. Um, I think that's a hopeful sign. Then uh, Beasley, um, because he's been pretty steady. Then Aguilar, who we talked about, who seems like the number one in – uh, for the Raiders in terms of their receiver group, I don't always think receivers matter as much in their game plan. Um, you know, their best pass catcher is always going to be Waller. And then Ward, uh, you know, eventually they're going to get some other receivers. He's he's oh. a he's a good player, but I don't know if he's even, you know, I think it's hit or miss a little bit there. Yeah. Did you miss one? Rager. I forgot about him. I actually put claims in for him today, 14%. There is talk that he will play this week. He was designated to return. <sighs> now they don't they don't have to bring him off as we've talked about for I think it's 21 days, but 
I heard uh, Adam Kaplan this morning, who is as plugged into the Eagles as anybody is, was saying that he has already been out there practicing and catching balls, and they have a really good feeling that he's going to be able to play this weekend, which could be huge well, for them. And this is legitimately an important game for the Eagles. Yeah. I know it, it seems laughable, 2-5 and five playing 2-4-1 and one on Sunday Night Football, but this could literally be the division. Yep. You know, if Dallas can write the ship and get a win, we've talked about it's going to be a race to six wins. And these teams, you know, outside of playing NFC East games haven't had a lot of success. So they have to get most of their wins inside the division. It's a really crucial game. They know Deshaun Jackson's obviously gone with kind of a, the tough, heartbreaking, broken ankle. Jeffrey hasn't been able to play all year. It would be nice for them to get Rager back to get a weapon because it does. It did not look last I saw like Goddard was going to be ready this week. Yeah, they're saying after probably the bye more week. after the bye week. Yeah. So I mean, they're missing Goddard, Nerds, Jeffrey. A lot of experience would be nice for them to get another weapon back. Look like Sanders wasn't likely to play this week either. Yeah, yeah. they were saying, so what he was saying, and again, I'll, I'll just repeat what he said, because he is, in my opinion, one of the best Eagle insiders out there. He's very connected to that franchise, is that they expect him to be back this week and that he will play in the Z role, which is what Jackson was in, and that Fulgham will stay in the X spot. So, I mean, if Rager is available, which is 14%, I think is rostered. Yeah, 14%. Yeah. I put in a claim for him in a bunch of my redraft leagues today. I was like, if I can get him... I think fire him up because we've seen the way Rager or not Rager Wentz has been throwing the ball. You just mentioned it. Goddard won't be back until after the bye week. And I'm going to be honest, Ertz hasn't looked great to begin with. And there's a lot of talk that Ertz may be back too. So I don't even know if I'm really trusting Goddard because once Goddard and Ertz come back, I still think they're going to try and get it to full and Rager first with as bad as Ertz has looked. So Rager's a guy that I think, if I was putting it on that list, uh, since I forgot to mention him first, I'll, uh, for me, I would still go Ayuk Shepard first, but I think I would move Rager ahead of Beasley. Yeah. Yeah, because there's good potential there. Um, yeah. You know, they, they obviously need need receivers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch, too. You know, it seemed like they had to lean on passing. Well, first of all, Dallas, very friendly uh, yep. defense to be playing against also has to make you a little bit excited if you are rostering some of these Eagles players, but then without Sanders, you know, it seems like they spread the ball around more um, yep. could be another good game for Boston Scott too. Yeah. It's going to be um, interesting. It's like you said, it, it is a, a huge game for them. Uh, and I'm with you on uh, Aguilar Beasley Brown. Like I said, I just, maybe Brown looks better. The first week he's back if he plays week nine, if Godwin is still out, but I'm still not expecting him to be, you know, the Antonio Brown of old. I think you're asking a lot of a guy who's not played football in, what, two years now almost? So I'm just not – I just don't trust him. Well, and you have a guy in Mike Evans who's been there all year, who's gone through all the offseason, who gets a two for 37 one week in this offense. There's too many options. So even if Antonio Brown looks like he's talented, you know, unless they're – deciding to focus 12 targets a game on him no matter what i mean what do you you could get a game where he's scotty millers and catches a 60 yard bomb or not i thought it was interesting our friend dennis commented last week he thought he was scotty signed to be scotty miller's backup that could very well be miller has looked pretty good playing that kind of fly down the field rule yeah 
Yeah, the only reason I think he'll be a starter is because while Bruce Arians, I guess, has come out the past day or so and kind of been like, no, it was all us in the front office that wanted this. Brady's been saying since like last year that he wanted to play with Gronk and he wanted to play with Brown in New England and then kind of continued that talk when he got to Tampa Bay. So I do feel like this is more of a Brady move. And if Brady wants Brown involved, Brown will be involved, I think. So, again, I, I'm not I think they're all going to end up being but... involved. That's the real problem. Yeah, I mean, I oh, get yeah, I, agree with I get yeah. rostering him, and you know, honestly, I think a lot of people that went and snatched him on the waiver wire real quick have been trying to offer him in trades to see if they can get people who are bummed that they missed out. Yeah, um, you know, and it'll be the most typical thing in the world that either week nine or ten he gets you like twenty points, and then everybody's going to be trying to trade for him, and that yeah. ends up being the high water mark for the year. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I picked him up when I saw the news, and then I dropped him like half an hour later when I saw Mixon was out, and I wanted Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard more, and so I dropped him for Bernard. Uh, didn't didn't even roster him for that long. Uh, last, but the, last but not least, the tight ends here. So Richard Rogers rostered in 10%, Gerald Everett 8%, Harrison Bryant 1%, and then Dallas Goddard, who we just talked about, 47%. So I have to ask you, what have been the rumblings in Cleveland? Because I saw the report today that Hooper is back to questionable and there's a chance he plays this week, which I have to be honest. If I had surgery from and something removed yeah. from my body, I'd go ahead and take that that two weeks. I, I'm curious to see that. I got to see where that, because the last thing I saw was that he went back from questionable to out already. I, I honestly don't think he plays this week. I think... Now they've I downgraded get, him to doubtful. He was questionable okay. earlier. Yeah, now he's that, maybe that's him. what it was. Okay. My my thought process on him. I would have been is, shocked if he came yeah. back. Well, that's what I've tried to tell people. Like everybody's like, when I was talking to Bryant last week, they're like, nah, Hooper will be back next week. Have you ever had appendicitis? That's a serious surgery. Like you literally have to have a and caster in. It wasn't and like everything. last Monday where yeah, it was Sunday. It Sunday you could get it was yeah. Saturday, wasn't it? It was uh was it Saturday? Fri- it was no, Friday. Was it was Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we talked we about it on the podcast. Our yeah. Uh, yeah, so he had the surgery Friday. Here's the reason why I've thought all along that they're going to keep him out. They have a bye week next week. So why play him this week against the Raiders? You've got the bye week, so now you give him, in essence, almost three weeks to get healthy. There's no point putting him on the IR because you're getting those three weeks now with last week, this week, and then the bye week. He'll probably come back the week after. So for me, Bryant is going to be a great play this week. Dynasty-wise, you know, we talked about it Friday. He's the guy, if he's available, he was available in some of mine. I grabbed him immediately as soon as I saw him get dropped by other teams because I think he is the future. But Hooper's still going to be involved. What I will say is redraft-wise, he may not be the top. See, it's hard because I don't think any of these guys are great, really, if I'm being honest. Well, like I, So if you, I guess it depends. If you're going, you know, for rest of season uh, yeah. as a pickup, I'm probably taking Goddard out of this group because I think there's a better chance of him being involved weeks eight through mm-hmm. 17. Yeah. If you're talking about just this week for redraft, it's Richard Rogers because we okay. don't think Goddard's going to be back. Dallas is incredibly yeah. soft as a defense. And then Everett is going to be hit or miss all year. He'll be a better play if you knew Higby wasn't going to be there, but who knows if that's the case. It's a little too early to say. I also think his ceiling, as we just talked about, is not incredibly high because of the way the Rams are playing. Higby's list is questionable at this point in time, but it's probably too early. They haven't they wouldn't have started practice 
probably today because of playing last night. So Bryant, I agree, is a good stash for the future. If you're in redraft, I think that's a little bit of a tougher gamble. So, so here's what I would say on that. I would put a claim in after Roger or after Goddard. I'm sorry, Goddard. Rogers gets um, what they got the Vikings this week, right? Is that who the Packers have? I think it's the Vikings. Oh, Rogers plays for the Eagles. He's got Dallas. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know why I'm thinking about this. So that's why I, put I said it, this week. Yeah, would be. If I would. This week, we saw him get 15 points against the Giants. Yeah, I would go. Yeah, so I put him after Rogers. Then for me, and here is why. I honestly think there. If we know, if we find out that Hooper's coming back, I would not be surprised if Njoku is traded. We just saw him have a big game. He's got a little bit more value on his name now with a great catch in the end zone. If they don't trade him, then I'm just dropping him right back to waiver. Because once Hooper comes back, I do think he'll be kind of relegated to that third role. It'll be Hooper and Njoku. But if they trade Njoku, I think Hooper Hooper stays in his role as that in-blocking tight end, and Bryant becomes that offensive guy they want Njoku to be. So I still think when it comes to the Cleveland tight ends, Bryant will be the guy because the one thing I'll say, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, I think this offense is going to change now with Odell being out, and it's going to go back to Baker just reading the field and hitting the the quickest player he sees open. Bryant, to me, is almost in a more athletic version of Mark Andrews. If you go back and look at what those two did in college, he looked for that guy a ton, and we saw it yesterday, or Sunday, I'm sorry, in the game. He was going to Bryant more often than he was anybody else because Bryant gets those mis- those matches against the linebackers, and he is faster and a better route runner than those linebackers are. So Bryant is intrigued to me in a trade in Joker. We find out Hooper's going to be out longer. So I'm with you. It's got Rodgers, Goddard. Well, I'd go Goddard because, yeah, as you mentioned, he's got the longer, longer play. Yeah. Goddard, Rodgers, then Bryant for me, and Bryant ugh, is droppable if, if you find out Joku's staying or Hooper's going to be back. Well, and that's the thing. I'm guessing with the just changed out, by the way, for Hooper. Literally just oh, came yeah. up, doubtful to out. So we know he was not playing this week. I'm guessing with the teams that are on by, you probably aren't you you aren't trying to replace somebody. Logan Thomas probably the only yeah. tight end in that that group that maybe somebody was playing or relying on. So you probably aren't just looking for this one week. In which case if you're not just looking to patch it over this week, yeah, I'm not sure I'm even going for Rogers. If you're just trying to add a tight end for a season long Goddard, and then maybe what you're talking about, take a, take a chance on Bryant Everett kind of is what he is to me. You know, if he was there and I need somebody, I pick him up, but I don't know if I'm wasting, especially in redraft. You don't usually have very big benches. I don't know if I'm just burning a spot for that. Like in my, one of my redraft leagues, I have Hawkinson. So I, I'm happy to burn a spot for that because he's a guy I might, if I was in a bad way, consider flexing. I don't know that I'd ever, unless I was truly desperate, be flexing Everett. Yeah, yeah, I put Everett on there because we don't really know. It doesn't seem yeah. that I haven't seen anything of knowing like how long Higby's going to be out. I, I was like surprised kind of Higby missed last yeah. week. He was a surprise inactive last night. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, what the hell? When did this happen? I, so I know we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, real all I saw was week. that he had a, a hand injury. So I don't know what that means. He could be out multiple weeks. So I figured. It almost like I, I kind of equate them to kind of the Houston tight end situation we've talked about, where it seems like if one of them is out, they always seem to kind of produce. And so if Higby's out, 
I might kind of trust Everett a little bit. But again, we don't, I still haven't seen anything that suggests Higby's going to be out any longer. He's going to be back. So it's, I don't, I don't even know what to do with it. So yeah, I'm with you. It's for me, I'd, I'd go Goddard and Rogers first. And then, like I said, Brian's intriguing to me because we just saw last week what he can be in this Cleveland Browns offense if he's able to be on the field. But you have a couple other factors in there that could either keep him on the field or take him off. So he he's kind of that third one for me on that list. Uh, let's see here. Outside of that, I think that's it. So we will be back Thursday with, uh, what is it, Eagles? Uh, no, no. It's no, Falcons. Atlanta, Carolina. Yeah. We will be back with the uh, Falcons Panthers preview and probably some other stuff. We'll we'll figure out something else to talk about on that Thursday episode. Uh until then, we will talk to you guys on Thursday. You can follow me at Sports Fanatic MB, Matt over here at Nighthawk7734, and we will talk to you guys again on Thursday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone! Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?